Thanks for joining us at the Vine Church. We are one church with two locations reaching around the world with our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ. And you can partner with us in that by sharing this video or by clicking the Give link below. For now, prepare your hearts for incredible worship and an inspiring message. So I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah Oh, my weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah And heaven comes to fight for me Let's sing it out So I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm We'll arrive. 
form, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. No, my God will never fail. That's right. No, my God will never fail. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You sing it. And I'm gonna see a victory.
That's right. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Acting justly doesn't mean I point out someone's fault and judge them for their mistakes. Actions start with thinking about people the way God does. Loving mercy is not just loving when I am given mercy. It's being thankful for when I am given mercy. It is being full of joy when I can give the mercy that has been given to me. Walking humbly with God is not walking with my head down in fear of my Creator. Means that I get to hold my head up looking at my Creator, knowing that I am His. Good morning. Um, my name is Pedro. Um, and Gus, I was super kind of you, um, and I am the student pastor here at The Vine, um, and I do get the amazing opportunity um, to hang out with our students on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, and um, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I'm just honored um, just to be here this morning um, and have this opportunity um, to continue with On Point, um, and I want to do just a, almost a shameless plug, and that's okay because they let me be up here so I could do that. Um, Gus mentioned um, the mental health night that we're having um, next week, and, and, and parents of students, um, can I just talk to you for a second? Um, please be there. Um, please be there. Um, man, I, I've had um, the amazing privilege of being with students and hanging out with students for the past 13 years. And um, man, mental health is, is man, I, I've, I've continuously tried to educate myself on it. Um, you just need to be there. Um, we have two people coming in that are absolutely experts um, of dealing with adolescents and dealing with younger kids and counseling. Um, and they're just going to speak with us and give us a lot of helpful tips. So if you have a middle school, high school student, um, or even if you have a, um, a student in kids zoo, uh, man, you need to be there that night. And so there's myself, shamelessly plug um, right there. Hope to see you um, next Sunday evening for that. But for this morning, um, we're going to continue um, with our series on point. And if you were here last week, um, Pastor Gus did an awesome job of just kicking that series off, and I'm talking about justice and the idea that if we really want to walk um, in justice and live out justice in our life, that we have to see people the way that Jesus sees them. And that we have to. The, the number one step to justice is seeing people the way that Jesus sees them. I um, mean, we're going to continue with our, our, our series on point um, with this idea um, tonight, today, of just loving and loving kind. I'm um, in being kind. I um, mean, we get this um, out of our key verse for this series of Micah 6, 8. Um, so I'm going to read that to us this morning. Um, we read it last week, um, but just to stay familiar, if you weren't here um, or if you were here, it's always good to hear it again. Um, so you can open up your Bibles um, to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. While you're turning there, um, I want to remind you of the series title. Um, as we talk about this idea of on point, um, this idea of on point is just for us to have an on point life. Um, what that means is aligning our passions and al aligning our purposes um, and aligning that in our life so we can live an on point, a perfect, a, a perfect feeling life. Um, so as we talk about that, that's kind of where we're going to this morning. Um, so we'll read real quick out of Micah chapter 6, verse 8. It says this, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And here's the three things. But to do justice, what we talked about last week, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And we'll talk about walk humbly with your God um, next week. But tonight, today, is all about loving kindness. How, to look, how does it look like to love kindness? And I don't know about you, but growing up, uh, my parents always had a couple of key phrases um, that they always said. Um, that they always said, and, and as I've gotten older and as I've ventured into this idea of fatherhood um, and being a dad, um, I've realized how much truth um, was in those sayings. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, at the time, um, I probably really didn't like hearing them, um, but they repeated them all the time. And my dad's saying that he always said was nothing good happens after midnight. 
Um, he always came back to that, um, especially as I became a teenager. Um, that was his one thing, man. Hey, Dad, I'm going to go here. Hey, son, remember, nothing good happens after midnight. And at that point, I'd look at him and be like, Dad, you were crazy. Everything good happens after midnight. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. But as I've gotten older um, and I started, you know, with kids, I'm like, man, my dad was right on. Like, that is so true. Nothing good happens after midnight. Uh, my mom's favorite saying was this, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? And she said it all the time. She said it all the time. And when I, when I say that, she really did. This isn't just um, a pastor like needing some sermon stuff. My mom always said it. Uh, my mom always said that um, and still says it to me this day. Uh, from age two, when I you know, first started walking and, and talking, um, she said it to this day. I can call her today and say, you know, hey, mom, you know, I got this email or this happened. Man, I just went and, she, and she'll just stop me. And she'll say, Michael, and here's the thing you need to know, is she says Michael because that's my real name. Um, my real name is not Pedro. However, 98% of the people in my life call me Pedro, so I go by Pedro. Um, and that's what I prefer, just for the record, if anybody wants to know that. However, my mom because she gave me, she birthed me, she can call me whatever she wants to, and uh, she chooses to call me Michael. And so she says, Michael, and I'm like, what, mom? And she'll say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. She's always told me that from age two to 31. She's always told me, Michael, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it. If it's not going to be uplifting, if it's not going to be encouraging, if it's not going to be kingdom-minded, there is no point in saying it. There's no point in saying it. Then let it go. And it doesn't matter what somebody does to you. It doesn't matter the circumstance or the situation. If it's not uplifting, if it's not productive, if it's not kingdom-minded, then there is not a point in saying it. If it's something, if it's not nice, then don't say it. And as a kid, I've struggled. And as an adult, I've struggled. But she's always reminded, hey, hey listen, at the, at the end of the day, just be kind. Just be kind. Just be kind. And here's the thing this morning is my guess is some of us are going, well, that's great. Um, we lost an hour of sleep. We got here. And the pastor's really just going to tell me to be kind this morning. Like, like we went, thank you, Pedro. Um, we know that. Um, and here's the thing. I'm going to ask you to hang in. Don't like act like you're going to go get coffee and then leave. Hang with me this morning. But I am telling you, I am telling you to be kind. But we know this, that being kind is a lot harder than it sounds. And we know this. There's a lot of moments in our life where we really aren't kind. We know that. We know that. And it really might sometimes depend on our situation. Um, sometimes during the week, um, when everything's going really well, you know those mornings where you, like, you know, the coffee's made and you have it and, and your kids don't complain and, you know, you, you find all the clothes, you find matching socks, they brush your teeth, everything's moving perfect, you get to school 10 minutes early, you're able, you know, you can even walk them in, you know, everything is going great, you're 10 minutes early to work. At that point in time, man, you don't mind just waving at people. You don't mind letting people out in front of you. Like, hey, hey, hey I got 10 minutes, surely I'll let you out right now. Man, life is great. Because the situation calls for it. But those mornings where you can't find the matching socks, brushing the teeth is like just an act of God. <laughs> you know, and you're, you're, you don't even have time at the school, like you're throwing them out and keeping going. You know, and you drive, drive to work and you're already 10 minutes late and there is no way that you're going to let that person in front of you. Like, forget it. Like, and we're not going to wave at them. We're definitely not going to do that. We're not going to wave them in. And when, when we say that and we, and we kid, but we know that's true. We know that's true that a lot of times when we know that we need to be kind, our situation has a great effect on it. Our situation has a great effect of whether we're being kind or not. But it's not just that. Sometimes it's, it's, it's what we know if we get if we're kind. And, and I have a three-year-old, and she's awesome. And um, if you've never had the chance to meet her, she's super cool. But um, here's the thing about her um, that you need to know. Um, is her energy level is off the charts. Um, and if you've hung out with her, you know this. Um, or if you've been in here after the service and been ran over by her, um, you know that. Um, her energy level is off the charts. And when it comes to bedtime, man, you would think that I'm asking her to do, uh, man, just the world's worst thing to, to go to bed. She hates it. She hates it. And she hates bath time. And the reason she hates bath time isn't because necessarily she hates bath time. She just knows that bedtime follows bath time. <laughs> 
So when it's bath time, that means we're itching, like we're getting closer to bedtime, and that's a no-go. And so from then on, like, man, like we can have a great night, but the next hour, next hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, is going to be just a super struggle. And so what we've started doing is we've started trying to give her an award. Um, And parents in the room, please don't judge my wife and I for saying this. Um, Or act like you don't do this, for real. Um, So here's the thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll get ready, and we'll tell her this. She loves Lion Guard, um, and Lion Guard is like this generation's like Lion King. It's like all their kids, um, and so she loves Lion Guard. So what we'll tell her is this. We'll say, hey, if you will go um, take a bath, don't yell, don't cry, just go take a bath, get out, put your PJs on, let mommy do your hair, we will let you watch one episode of Lion Guard before bed. And I've learned this, she's gotten pretty good. She'll do all those things to get to that episode of Lion Guard. But once she has that episode of Lion Guard, man, it's just downhill. Because here's the thing, her kindness is solely connected with that award. Like she's kind because she wants the prize. And it's funny, but that's kind of how we are a lot of times. We're kind until we get that promotion at work. And then once we get what we want, we don't feel like we have to be kind anymore. When we all of a sudden, like, we know that we need somebody to do something for us, we'll be kind to them, we'll be nice to them, we will love them, but once we get what we want, that love and kindness kind of drops down because, like, it's based on the award. So this morning when we talk about being kind, we need to understand that sometimes when we're being kind is directly connected to situations, what's on the line for us, how, her, how our day is gone, and it's all kind of connected to that idea. But here's the thing I think we all can agree on. We can all agree on that. Like we can agree that we have our moments where we're not kind or, or that it's, you know, unfortunately sometimes our kindness is connected to what we get at the end of the day. We can agree with that, but we can also agree with this, that the world would be a lot better place if we were kind. Like if we were just kind, this world would be a lot better place. And if we were honest, if we were really honest, the church would be a better place because we know this, The majority of us have been hurt by the world, but we've also been hurt by the church. We've also been hurt by the church. There's been moments in our life where the church has hurt us because there's been people within the church that haven't been very kind. Or people of this world have not been very kind to us, and we've been hurt. So we can all agree that, man, this place would be a lot better if we were just kind. Students, you know this. Students, you know this very well. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if you went to elementary school or middle school or high school and everybody was kind? You didn't have to worry about people talking about you. You didn't have to worry about people judging you for what you wear. You wouldn't have to worry about what you got on your math test because somebody might say you're stupid or not. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if you just knew that everybody there was going to be uplifting and encouraging? Students, we know that. And adults, we know that. We know that. Wouldn't it be awesome if we went to work and we knew that everybody in work had our best intentions out for us? That we knew that they were going to be uplifting that they were going to be kind, that they loved us, that it didn't matter how productive we were, that their love for us wasn't tied to how productive we were, but it was tied to the fact that they just loved us for who we are. No, we know this. We know this, that this world would be a better place if it was kind. And we know this, that we're supposed to be kind. This morning, I want to specifically look at um, the word um, that Micah um, uses right there. That he says love kindness. And my guess is this. Um, I read from an ESV and on the, on the screens was ESV. Um, but maybe some of you have some of your Bibles this morning um, and you opened it up and, and your, your translation didn't say kindness. Um, because that word right there um, is translated a lot in Scripture. But it's not always tr- translated to kindness. That word shows up, that Hebrew word has said. And I gave this kind of just precursor in 915. Know this. Um, I struggle enough with English, um, and I, my Hebrew is really bad. So it's hased right now, but that's not where it might end. It might end up another word as we go. Um, but hased, that word shows up in Scripture 66 times. 66 times that word shows up hased. And it's translated as kindness sometimes, faithfulness, mercy, goodness, loyalty, steadfast love. This word is so rich. 
And here's the reason. This, does, this isn't saying that like there's like some, like there's mess, like mess ups in scripture. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, is that word has said is so rich and so meaning, so meaningful and so powerful that we do not have an English word that can, it can translate to. We just simply don't have it. So when the people are translating, this translating in scripture into English, they have to best use the words that they have. Because we do not have a word that just captures what has said really means. So when Micah tells us to love kindness, he's not just saying, hey, listen, do a random act of kindness each day and you'll be fine. You can check it off and you can be good. That's not what he's saying. He is saying so much right here. And when he says love kindness, it's deep and it's a challenge and it's a lot. So this morning what I want to do is I want to walk through this word has said. Because my guess is we're going to look through some different scripture this morning where that word comes up. And all of a sudden, this, this isn't this Micah verse where it just thinks, so, oh, the pastor's just telling us to be kind, I'm good. My guess is that there's going to be a pretty big challenge at the end. So the first time, first thing I want to kind of look at this morning where that word has said pops up is, is a parable in the New Testament where Jesus says, which is the good Samaritan. My guess is if you hung out in church um, a little bit or, or maybe not, that you've heard this, this story of the Good Samaritan, this parable of the Good Samaritan, right? As the guy gets beat up and, and then the robbers take everything and he's, and he's left for dead. A Jewish man is just left for dead. And two religious guys, two church-going guys come and they look at him and they're busy and they don't want to touch him and they kind of move to the opposite road and they keep about their way and they just leave him. They just leave him until a Samaritan shows up. And Jesus says that he shows mercy on him. The Greek word there for shows mercy, the root of it is hased. The, the root word where Jesus is using it is hased. And the Samaritan shows mercy on the Jewish. He has hased on him. He shows that mercy. He loves kindly to that man laying there. And what does that really mean? If you know the tension at the point, Samaritans and Jews did not speak. There was a racial divide. Hesed crosses racial lines. Crosses racial lines. It crosses what the world would tell them to do. Because here's the thing, 99% of the people in the Samaritan's life would have told him, hey, listen, that Jew's dead, leave him there. Don't touch him. He's not worth it. He hates us. Leave him alone. But that's not what the Good Samaritan did because of Hesed. It goes past racial lines. It goes, back, it goes past what the world would tell us to do. And it goes past what that person might do for him. Because here's the thing, Jews, people, Jewish people look down on Samaritans. And if the roles were reversed, there's not really a guarantee that that Jewish man that was laying there would have done the same thing for the Samaritan. And so when Jesus says, show mercy, he shows mercy across that. Across a racial divide. Across what the world would tell him to do. Across what maybe that person would do for him. And all of a sudden we see a said, that word used between interactions of our fellow man. Of human to human contact. That we're supposed to show a said, show mercy and it's not just caught in the, in the human, the human thing. I'm, I'm a kind of an example of this, um, or another example of this is, is in more of a common, more of a modern um, idea. Um, in modern day Judaism, there, there's a group of modern day Jews, Judaism that are Hasidic Jews. Hasidic Jews, and they get their core belief from this idea of 1 John 4.20. That if you love God, you must love your, your fellow man or your fellow woman. That that's like their core belief, that you can't hate anybody if you love God. If you love God, then you must show that love to everybody else. They're the Hasidic Jews. Hasidic. Guess where that comes from? Hased. So all of a sudden we see it when the Good Samaritan of interaction between each other, the, the, the Hasidic Judaism is saying, hey, listen, if it's right there with God, if you, if you love God, if you have that love for them, then it has to. It has to. Like you can't love God and not show mercy. You can't love God and not have grace. You can't love God and not have steadfast love for people. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. 
We see it again in, um, in the Old Testament in Psalm 136, where we get a covenant from God. We get a promise from God, and the psalmist brings up Hased quite often. And we're going to read a little bit of it um, this morning. And we're going to read the first nine verses, so you can turn um, to Psalm 136. We read the first nine verses, and it says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love, his hasad, hased. There we go, I told you I'd mix it up. For his hased, his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out of the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. So what we see is, is the psalmist saying, hey, listen. He is the creator. Let me remind you who God is. God is the creator. He created the sun. He created the stars. And that is who he is. And the reason is he created everything, the reason is he's a creator is because of his steadfast love. God created because he loved. God created because he had mercy. God created because he had grace. God created because he loves you. That is who he is. So all of a sudden we see this word has said pop up in describing God's relationship with us. So we see it in the Good Samaritan with how we're supposed to love. Now we're seeing it with God's love to us. That that's who he is. He is the creator and that is who he is. And he has an ascend love for us. A steadfast love. The writer of the psalm continues and we'll pick up in verse 10. So he reminds them, follow this, he reminds them, hey, remember who God is. God is the creator. And now I want to remind you of this. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, this is in verse 10, for his steadfast love endures, it keeps on going, and brought Israel out of among, from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love forever. So when he reminds us, he says, hey, listen, God's the creator, right? And let me remind you that God rescued us, Israel. God rescued us. He led us out of Egypt. He led us out of slavery. He did not forget about us. He rescued us. Why? Because of a said, because of his love, because of his mercy. And here's the thing. Some of you might need to hear this. God has not forgotten about you. God hasn't forgotten about you. That he will rescue you. He loves you. He will be there for you. Why? Because his steadfast love is forever. Because that's that word. It is so rich. He has an unending grace, unending mercy. He loves you. That is who he is. And that is a promise, a covenant that he makes with us. So we see a said pop up right there. Other point in the Old Testament and in, in Lamentations, it says, The steadfast love has said of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Has said, great is your faithfulness. It's new mercies every day. Your steadfast love, that is who you are. You know when that's written? When Israel has turned their back on God and Jerusalem has been destroyed. The temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed. And, and one of the lowest points in the history of Israel, those words are written in Lamentations. His steadfast love, even in the midst of the lowest point, it is still their people of God. So we see this word has said, and it's so strong. And so we see it in the Good Samaritan of, of, of interacting with human to human. We see that word described there. Then we see it in this idea of, of God's love to us. 
and then where that is and, and everything that is there for that. And it shows up again in, in Psalm 23. And my guess is if, if you've been to a funeral lately or, or really ever, um, you've probably heard Psalm 23 read. Either, either in the service or at the graveside. It's a, it's a famous psalm. And believe it or not, said shows up in the psalm in verse 6. The psalmist says this, Surely goodness and mercy, said, shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. So the word has said, you see what I'm saying when I say, when Micah, when Micah uses that word, and we translate it as love, kindness, that it's just so much more than just being kind. It's so much more. There's so much more meaning. There's so much more depth behind this word. So much more depth. There's so much more context to it. There's a context between you and your fellow man or your fellow woman. There's a context between God and you. There's a context between if God loves you and you love God, that you have to love you, that you have to love other people like this, your brothers and sisters. There's so much depth and richness to this word that it means goodness. It means mercy. It means grace. It means steadfast love. It means I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not forgotten you. You are my people. That's what that word means. And Micah says, hey, listen, you want to be on point? See people like Jesus and has said and love kindly. So in your life, be goodness, be merciful, be graceful, have a steadfast love that'll go through anything, any trial, anything, do that. And that will be an on point life. And we see all of this come together. We see all of this come together at the cross. Because in reality, that really is what a said was. The, the, the pure definition of a said is the cross, right? That, that, is, that is the best illustration I could give you of what true a said love was, was the cross. Of Jesus showing up and saying, listen, man, I love you so much that I'm going to go to the cross. That I'm going to put my body through all of this for you. And even on the cross, as people turn their backs from him, he said, Father, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Let it go. Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know it, God. They don't know it, Dad. Just let it go. When his best friends are turning his back on him, once he, once he resurrects from the dead, he shows back up to Peter and says, Peter, man, I love you. Yeah, you made a mistake, but I love you. I said, we see that through Jesus this ultimate idea of Jesus, this ultimate idea from just being kind to living a lifestyle of kindness. This idea that has moved past this just random act of kind and just being kind when situations are good and things are going your way to just a lifestyle of kindness. We see that in Jesus. We see him perfectly illustrate has said. Here's the thing this morning. Micah tells us to love kindness. Maybe I haven't maybe illustrated this the best or maybe we've misheard this morning. I'm not asking you to be kind this morning. That's not my ask at all. That's not my invitation. That is not my challenge. My invitation and ask is not for you to be kind. My invitation is you be called to kindness. Understand this, you are not called to be kind. You were called to become kindness. And there is a difference. There is a difference. There's a huge difference. You're not called to be kind. You were called to become kindness. And that's what a said really means. And that's really what Micah is calling us to do. Micah's not saying, hey, when you have, when everything's going your way, let somebody out. He's not saying, hey, when you're in the line at Chick-fil-A, buy the person behind you for a random act of kindness. He's not saying that. What he's saying is this, your life needs to become kindness. That just needs to be who you are. That just needs to be who you are. The ask, the challenge, the, 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 the invite this morning is for you to become 
kindness. Not for you to be kind. The invite is for you to take this word has said and let it sit in your life. Let you become kindness. And the way you do that is it is all internal. It's all becoming like Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus and being with Jesus and being that way and being that internally with Jesus. And because of that, because of your relationship, because of the transformation in your life, then kindness goes out. But so many times in our life, we get this backwards where it's like, oh my gosh, I need to be kind. I need to be kind. So I'm just going to try to do it. I'm going to try to have an act of kindness here and an act of kindness here and an act of kindness here. And all of a sudden we get super disappointed and we get super frustrated in our life because we're trying to just to chase this idea of being kind and doing kind things. Don't do kind things. Become kindness. Become like Jesus. Because when we become like Jesus, we will become like kindness. A couple of weeks ago, um, we, we saw a baptism video of, of our friend George. Um, and in that situation, um, man, he, he mentioned um, a car accident. And it's pretty cool. His family's here. And some of them knew I was going to talk about this this morning. Some of them didn't. So surprise. Um, so it's cool. But in his video, he, he, mentions, he mentions the car accident. Uh, maybe what you didn't know at that point in time is it was, it was touch and go. It was a hard situation. Um, and Pastor Gus did an amazing job of, of loving on that family that week. And, and as a staff, he kept us updated with what was going on and, and what we could pray for him. Um, and that week, I was up here and Gus was up here and he, and he was getting a stack of Bibles and connect cards. And it was just kind of on a random day of the week. And I looked at Gus and I said, Gus, um, am I missing something? Like, did I miss like an email? Like, is something happening today that I didn't know about? And he said, no, no. Um, the, the, the family, George's family has, has contacted me and, and they're, in, they're in the ICU waiting room and, and they just asked if they could have some Bibles so they could pass out to the people in there. And they, they wanted connect cards just so they could ask if, if some families could write what their prayer requests down so that we could pray for them and, and they could get it back to the prayer team at the church so we could pray for them. Here's the thing, that wasn't a random act of kindness. What that was, was being kindness. Because here's the thing, in that situation... They didn't know what the award was. They didn't know what was going to happen. The award wasn't what the, could have been what they didn't want. It was sitting there. It wasn't the greatest situation. It was a situation of unknown, a situation of life and death. All, everything, the atmosphere that was going into it does not lead to an act of kindness. The reason kindness happened was because it was a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle. It was, hey, listen, I am Jesus and I want to be like Jesus. And that's what Jesus would do right now. Let Jesus flow out of me. Let kindness flow out of me. As the band comes back up this morning, the ask is this. The ask is this. If you are in Christ, become kindness. Become kindness. Because here's the thing, somebody needs you to. Simply put, somebody needs you to. And we know this. Because the world has hurt us. Some of us, our family has hurt us. People at our work have hurt us. People in our church have hurt us. We need to become kindness. We need to become kindness. When Micah says that, he's, he's not just asking us to just do a random act of kindness. Micah is asking for a transformation. Micah is saying, hey, listen, let your life be transformed where you are kindness. That that is who you are in every situation, every, every, every aspect of your life, that kindness just overflows and that is just who you are. If you're in Christ, if you've you accepted Jesus, know that is the challenge and that is the ask of you to become kindness. Don't just, do, don't just be kind, become kindness. If you're not in Christ, if you've never accepted Jesus, understand this. Kindness starts with Jesus. 
It absolutely starts with him. That, that cross, the moment of the cross, the moment of him becoming our savior, the moment of him dying for us and defeating death, that was the ultimate act of kindness. That was the ultimate act of a said, and that's where that is. And kindness, living a life of kindness, becoming kindness starts, starts with Jesus. If you're in Christ, if you call yourself a believer, become kindness. This world needs you. Your family needs you. Your workplace needs you. Your place of hobbies and activity and of fun, they need you. Your, your neighbors need you. Your kids need you. Your parents need you. Become kindness. And if you're outside of Christ and you want to become kindness, I just ask you, I plead with you to let that start with a relationship with Jesus. I can't get enough I can't get enough Your amazing love No, I can't get enough I can walk away I can't walk away For I have seen your face And I can't walk away, no And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart there is nothing like your love Jesus, there is nothing like your love No Nothing like your love Just want to be where you are my Savior, my Jesus. Sing, I just want to be. And I just want to be where you are. Oh, I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. Oh, Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Yeah, I just want to be where you are. Oh, yes, I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. Oh, Jesus, there is nothing like your love. There's nobody like you, Lord. You alone are holy, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we worship you, Lord. Sing holy together. We're singing holy, 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 holy. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Across the room, let's sing.
I love you, 